0: So this season of Lent should be uh, a, a season of of simplification. So we sort so of simplify a lot of the distractions out of our lives, uh, maybe less time dedicated to TV or to the internet or whatever it may be, and try and focusing try to focus more on that which eternally endures. This one of the the, the the collects, one of the it's, it's the opening prayer of Mass. Um, the reason the new translation they can be quite wordy and a bit difficult to kind of understand but they do talk about a lot about uh, avoiding what is bad doing what is good uh and aiming our hearts towards heaven that's generally the, the theme of them uh but they do speak about this 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 idea that uh in the season of lent we want to simplify our lives in order to find christ in everything and when it comes to that idea the idea of the Lord maybe pruning things back, uh, I think here we can find a lot of surprising internal resistance. Uh, when as long as the faith is all love one another and love the trees and love the homeless bunnies and you know and all it's all kind of nice and it's all kumbaya, that's all fine. But when our faith then says and if you're going to follow me renounce yourself take up your cross ah uh, no 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 no. that's not what i signed up for at all now uh if if following christ means well yes um there are certain habits here that have to change there are certain behaviors there are certain people that need to be yeah, you must forgive you must forgive pray for the grace but do it there are certain jealousies that you have to heal from there are certain anger certain pride that must be battled with that's that's when our faith then really starts to kind of uh, to take root in our lives it really starts to change us really we, we we go from that purgative way into the more like illuminative walk with the lord where we've allowed him to to prune us and and i mean I, i'm speaking from personal experience here too i don't like it <laughs> it's good it's good for me i don't like it though can't say I'm, looking, oh, I'm looking forward to good old pruning this lent i mean it's not nice but it is good It is good. I was reading uh, "Divine Intimacy" here, this uh, book by Father Gabriel of Mary Mary Magdalene He's a uh, Carmelite, and he spoke about something. It just really kind of it really struck me Um, about the so the the spiritual life and the spiritual journey and serving the Lord. Okay, and it's a very interesting thing. Uh, He said, "Make me understand, O Lord, that if you wish to, that if I wish to work for your glory." and for the glory of your father, I must be entirely detached from every desire of personal glory. So if I wanna work for your glory, then I have to be detached from all personal glory. Otherwise, I shall deceive myself, thinking I'm working for you, whereas in reality, I'm serving my own ego. And this kind of thing can happen very, very easy. I think we've, we've probably all seen it in parishes or prayer groups or pilgrimages, where there's a person you know, who, who, who leads, whatever it may be, the smallest thing a person who leads the rosary, but if it were to be suggested that, that Esther pray the rosary and not Bridey, Bridey would have a conniption. But why? Why should Bridey care who prays the rosary? As long as the rosary is prayed. That's, that, that's the important thing, that the rosary is prayed. If it's led by the young people, if it's led by the old people, if it's led by the retired people, who cares? As long as we pray the rosary. But this is, this is what happens, you see, like people get a bit possessive. This is now my thing. Well, then are you serving God for his glory are you serving yourself for your own ego? Now, this can happen priests too, you know? So, Father Gabriel goes on, and this is where it gets hard. This is a bit that, yeah. Okay, so I could be serving my own ego. You know, Jesus, that therein lies the greatest danger for me, that which I fear most in my good works, especially the works of the, in the works of the apostles. Therefore, I beg you, okay, brace yourselves. Therefore, I beg you, Lord, to use every means to save me from this, So to save me from this kind of self-serving, egotistical mission. And if this requires humiliations, failure, criticism, use them, and use them abundantly. Do not consider my repugnance and pay no attention to my tears, for I do not want to lessen your glory or ruin your works by my pride. I read that and went, mamma mia. (laughs) That's just... I agree with the sentiment, but, like, to be able to say that, you know, to be able to say that, to be able to say honestly, Lord, I mean, if I'm getting in the way of your ministry, then allow humiliations, failure, and criticism, and use them abundantly, and pay no attention to my tears. My goodness, like, it's, like, see, this is it. This is is kind of what, what I mean. When we talk about being pruned, in our spiritual life, do we really mean it when we talk about spiritual growth, do we really want it? Are we happy enough just to stay with kind of stay on the fringes kind of you know just kind of peek in around the corner every now and again yeah i 'm still here or, or or do we want to actually like fully engage in this in this walk with the Lord? do we really trust him that if we give X, Y and Z away or the Lord takes these things out of my life that I'll still be happy that I'll still be content and that whatever I give away I receive a hundredfold in return do I believe that? Because if I don't then I, then I simply will not give anything away because I'll be afraid I'll lose out. I won't give away any of my it's, it's not just obviously external things it's, it's the internal life. Do, you know, do, do I believe that, that if there's a certain relation that, 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 that's unhealthy that I walk away from it there's a certain relation that's, that's, that's a temptation for me. There's um a certain place that's that's a a temptation for me or it leads me into sin or there are people there that aren't a good influence you know if I do I believe that if I cut these things out that I won't go without do I trust the Lord that if he if I allow him to prune me that there will be greater fruit in due season not immediately necessarily but in due season it's just, like, the Lord is calling us to so much more than we can imagine, so much more than we know. But there, there is this act of the will from our part that must take place. That the Lord will not prune us without us. He's not going to... He, he doesn't bulldoze his way into our lives and then just do what ne- what needs to be done. Because if he could do that, then why not just do that to everyone? Why not do that to Hitler when Hitler was in his 30s, 40s, and stopped World War II? Why not just bulldoze into his life and cut out his hatred for the Jews or foreigners or whatever it was? Okay. Why not just do that to everyone? So he, that's not the way he works. He, he waits. He, mo- he, he chooses to respect us so much that he waits for our permission. He waits for our invitation. He waits for us to be ready. And that's a big step. But like for us to say honestly, I think this is what a resolution if we could make it today. Say, Lord, I give you permission. I give you permission to work in my life. I give you permission to prune my heart. I give you permission to, to prune out of my life whatever is not of you, whatever is not good. And by the way, just a little caveat there. When we say that, when we say, Lord, I give you permission to prune my life, that doesn't mean he will prune out of your life everything that's fun and good and everything that makes you smile and everything that, 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 that brings you joy. That's not what he does. See, This is a typically diabolical temptation there as well. Oh, you flow the Lord in, you will never smile again. And he will make you one of those victim souls. We'll all be victim souls strapped to our beds in a dark room and offering it all up for the salvation of the world. Oh, that's great. Great. Sign me up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, it's, so, it's such a diabolical temptation. Like, if you give your life to the Lord, or if you give your life to the Lord, you, end up, you have to be a nun and a victim soul nun. And you're like, what? Like, where is it? Like, it, this isn't real, okay? Give your life to the Lord. He, he who wants us to have life and life to the full. So that's what he wants for us. So whatever he cuts out of our life, you didn't need. But then he will give you far more than he cut out, but always with your permission. Always with your permission. So I think there's a, a great opportunity today to to contemplate this, to meditate on this, together, and to work on this, and to really like not just kind of listen to this. And, that's nice, nice, nice homily there, huh? yeah. But like, but like, do I give the Lord permission to work in my life? Do have I given the Lord permission? To prune my heart have I and if not when are you going to do it do you trust the Lord do you trust him enough to prune your heart so we ask the Lord today for that great trust as Esther had that although she felt so small approaching the king of Persia asking him for the salvation or the sparing of her people But she expresses it with such simplicity. As for ourselves, save us by your hand and come to my help, for I am alone and have no one but you, Lord. So if we have no one but the Lord, let us trust him. Let us lean on him. Let us believe that whatever he takes from us, we didn't need. Whatever he grants us is a gift of his mercy. And whatever he leaves us is for the building up of his kingdom. Amen.